the sisterhood of the bottomless mimosa. a Christmas carol <laughs> but then I nerded out and blanked <laughs> welcome back hi it's CJ welcome to the sisterhood of the bottomless mimosa podcast <laughs> yeah it's, today is Christmas Eve and hopefully you sluts were good this year so that tomorrow morning you wake up with beautiful things in your stockings that's right Unless you're Jewish, in which case, happy Hanukkah. And, we d- <laughs> and we're a little bit late. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, Merry Christmas. This is the Christmas episode. But because I already covered Peppermint Patty three months ago, um, I don't have anyone Christmas related to discuss today. So I apologize. Do you, CJ? Vaguely. Okay. I'll tell you the whole fucking okay. spiel. Uh, should we... Should we tell everyone at home what we're doing for Christmas since they can't tell us what they're doing for Christmas because this is a one-way communication channel? Yes. (laughs) You want to go first? Yeah. So I uh, will be going to Miami with my best friend, Jimmy. So I'm flying in on the day you're listening to this. I'm flying in on Christmas Eve and I will be there until the 28th. I've never been to Miami. I'm super stoked. It's supposed to be incredibly cosmopolitan it's gonna be i think 76 degrees while we're there and we chose miami because we wanted to have a beach christmas that wasn't in california since that's where we're both from we wanted to switch it up so we will be drinking mimosas on the fucking beach on christmas in miami and i can't wait okay you have one job while you're in miami drinking to find a sugar daddy um, I think I'm, like, morbidly obese by Miami standards. <laughs> I'm pretty fucking sure. But I'll do my best. Okay. I'll do my best. I'll be like, we have to get married in two weeks, and you have to sponsor our entire fucking trip to PodCon. <laughs> yes. Please go to Miami and uh, chat about the podcast, too. Tell everybody you know. I know I'm 40 years late on this, but I just want to bump Will Smith's Welcome to Miami once I land. Hells yeah! Miami. I don't even remember how it goes. <laughs> so how long are you going to be there? It's uh, a little, uh, four days. I fly in on the Monday, fly out on a Friday. Nice. Yeah. So like That's going to be so before. fun. And I fly out on Friday night at like 9 p.m. So I get a full... I get it. Well, no, it's good because I wanted a full day. I didn't want to have to fly out in the middle of the day. Are you on the same time zone as Miami? No, Miami's an hour ahead of me. Okay, so yeah. that'll be good though. You get home and it won't yeah. be super super late. Yeah, it won't be. I'll be home before midnight, so that's nice. on a Friday. That's totally fine. You can still and hit up the bars. <laughs> yeah, right. My ass is gonna be in bed like it always is, reading a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm either at the gay club doing rails of coke or laying in bed watching documentaries. Like, there is no fucking middle ground. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. Uh, But yeah, I'm super fucking stoked. Uh, I don't know if you ever looked at pictures of Miami, 
But it is, it's like one of those beautiful skyscrapers. Yeah, headlines. for sure. I'm so excited. So it should be cool. And we're staying Yay! right downtown. I'm so excited oh, for you. And then we're going to take a day trip to Key West, which is where we originally wanted to go. But Key West hotel rooms were like $450 a night over that week. Insane. That's wild. Uh, uh, but we're going to take a day trip there. And the keys are supposed to be fucking beautiful. So it should be good. Merry Christmas, bitches. Bougie-ass Christmas trip. Hell <laughs> What are well, you doing? I'm not doing anything all that cool for Christmas because my family consists of, like, three people these days. And so we literally just, like, sit in a circle and try to make conversation with each other. That sounds but, horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but a few days after Christmas, um, I am going to Joshua Tree, which is, um, like a little desert town in California, Southern California, with my friend WB, otherwise known as Walter Bradley. whoop de whoop Otherwise known as Just Brad. <laughs> I am his biggest fan. <laughs> hey, WB. Um, and we are going to be going for two days, uh, or three days, I think, two nights. We're going to stay in a little Airbnb that we found, and we're going to be going to back-to-back Grateful Dead shows. <gasps> yes! At Josh, like, in Joshua Tree? Yeah, but not, like, the real dead. So we follow this, like, um, younger, really, really, really fucking good cover band. They're called Grateful Shred. And they're, like, guys in their, like, 30s, I think. Maybe even late 20s. And um, it's so funny because I had... Brad and I, like, never... Like, one of the times we accidentally ran into each other was at a Grateful Shred show where, like, he didn't invite me and I didn't invite him. We just, like, both went. (laughs) And then it was like, oh, shit, We were like, ever since then, we were like, we probably should just, like, tell each other when we're going to shows. Um, and we loved them though. It was the first time him and I had ever seen this band and they're so fucking good. And the coolest part is that like, because they're a younger band, they bring in a younger Grateful Dead crowd, which you never get. Like I'm used to hanging out with guys in their seventies for the past 10 years. So like now you're finally in a room full of people your age and it kind of makes it a little bit more fun, you know? Um, so we're really stoked. Yeah, for real. (laughs) So we're fucking stoked. And then my old roommate, Kelsey, is going to be in Big Bear that weekend. And so she's going to drive to Joshua Tree and meet us uh, one of the days and go to the show with us and stay the night. How fun. Yeah. So I'm stoked. Is it snowing in Big Bear? Does it snow in Big Bear? Uh, yeah, it snows in Big Bear. Okay. Fun. But it will be the desert. Actually, it's going to be cold as fuck in Joshua Tree. Yeah. Um, also, that place is out of control. When I was looking for Airbnbs, well, for one, Brad wanted us to stay on this, like, hippie van. Or, no, no, it was, like, a hippie bus that sat in, like, a commune, and it was sick as fuck. Like, I was so down, but it only had one bed, and it was gonna be weird. And so... Uh, we have to stay in a regular Airbnb, but when I was looking at Airbnb options, there are some fucking weird places Ooh. in Joshua Tree. Like, not good weird, because you're like, making a bad face. really weird, creepy shit. Like, I'm no, no joke, I was pulling up Airbnbs for, like, renovated, um, uh, what are those, uh, shipping 
what are those like things? Like shipping that, containers? Yes. Yeah. Like shipping containers, but like not good. Like crackhead shipping containers. <laughs> like shipping containers that homeless people have been squatting in for the last and, 10 years. Yeah, and they're like 300 a night being posed as these, as these like hipster shipping <laughs> containers. It is insane. They're like, we have a shipping container and there's a toaster inside because we know you hipsters fucking love toast. Yeah. $300. And so I found like the least creepy Airbnb for us, but (laughs) it did say this funny thing in the summary. It was like... Like, we have the whole place to ourselves, but then it said something like, oh, but, like, FYI, the neighbors to, do tend to get a little bit noisy at night oh because God. they're donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cute, though. You get to hang out with all donkeys? Yeah, so we'll have these two little donkeys next Oh, my God, us. you're going to come home on, like, LSD, fresh out of that show, start talking to these donkeys. It's going to be funny as that fuck. That sounds so fun. Yeah, we're super stoked. So that's really my Christmas celebration. Yeah, that sounds fucking awesome. We're killing Christmas. Hell, yeah, we are. I would tell you guys to email us your plans, but nobody emails us. <laughs> gives a fuck nobody gives a fuck <laughs> but merry christmas yeah animals yeah filthy animals uh ooh, that's a what's your favorite christmas movie melissa um prancer is that have you ever, have you ever no. seen prancer? is it like animated or is it no it's like a human being movie and it's really really old like vintagey probably like early 90s Uh and it's about this girl who lives in this weird old town and she makes friends with this like witch lady that's next door that everyone hates because she's like widowed and like grumpy and old and she like is like snooping around her property and then fucks up all her plants on accident and the lady screams at her but then somehow they end up making friends and long story short like prancer one of the reindeers you know how they have those like fake reindeers that can like hang like they're all in a line yeah you see them in like movies yeah yeah. so in the movie like something happens and one of the reindeer falls off from like the pole to pole in this town and it's prancer and it like falls and it crashes and it breaks and she's so devastated and like a day later all of a sudden a real life reindeer shows up in the small town and it's like prancer and so she's taking care of this reindeer and like doesn't tell anybody I don't know. That's my favorite And that's one. your favorite Christmas movie. How cute. Yeah. I have never... It's You said it's vi- like 50s? Like it, vintage? No, vintage? no, no. Not that old. Like uh, probably like early 90s. Oh, okay. I can't, yeah. I'm surprised I've never heard of it. You should look it up. Okay. Is it's there a good famous in it? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. But it's like a really good throwback Christmas movie. Oh, I love it. You know, not like super corny like they get these days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I really love that one okay i love it i love it are you gonna ask me what mine is oh yeah what's yours i'm just sitting here waiting for you to ask sorry i was like looking it up on my computer really quick to be like did i say all of this correctly i only (laughs) asked you that question so i could fucking answer it myself okay what's yours i'm just kidding sort of 
Mine is Scrooged with Bill Murray. Nice. Have you seen that movie? I've actually never seen that one. Oh my fucking God. It is one of the funny, it's one of my favorite movies ever. It is the funniest movie. It's, I think it's still on Netflix for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's from the 80s. I think it's like 84, like before I was even born. And he's, it's basically this Manhattan media mogul played by Bill Murray to fucking perfection, who's the modern day Ebenezer Scrooge. And so oh, it's a modern day Christmas it. Carol. Yeah. And so I think maybe I have. Yeah. It's so it's basically Dickens Christmas Carol set in 80s Manhattan. Nice. And it's so funny. It's got so much slapstick humor. I just the first time I watched it, I just was like crying. I was laughing so hard. So highly, highly recommend anybody check that out. Um, not kid appropriate though. Warning. Definitely not kid appropriate. So okay. be warned. Um, another one that's not kid appropriate, Bad Santa. I've never seen that. <laughs> I think because, you know, I cannot watch Billy Bob Thornton on screen. He's such a fucking scuzz to me. Literally, <laughs> so scuzzy. The only thing that I resonate with Billy Bob Thornton is blood necklaces. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the fact that he slept with Angelina Jolie. <laughs> no, but like they wore each other's blood in necklaces on each other's necks. Why does that resonate with you? It's Are just, you? I think that like whenever I read that in the tabloid a hundred years ago, I've never been able to think of anything like else. What you remember. Yeah, that's all I can ever remember about yeah. Billy Bob. I think about that too. <laughs> I do. I do. I can't believe Angela. Like, she went from that to Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> what a but woman. You know, I, I'd probably fuck with Billy Bob, too. I know. Who am I kidding? I'm like, he looks like a scuzz. I'm like, he looks like everybody I sleep with. So I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, I don't sleep with anybody anymore. But when I did. But you know what's more ironic? His what? initials are BB. Oh, of course they are. <laughs> Baby back Thornton. <laughs> If you're one of the 92 listeners who's going to listen to this episode, <laughs> BBT. Um, I don't know. I get, and also a Christmas story is always a good one. Oh, of course. Is a classic. That is a little, that's a good one too, because it's safe enough for kids, but also good enough that adults want to watch it. That's a fucking classic. Also, I love Tim Allen, the Santa Claus. I just love Tim Allen, period. But yeah, uh -huh, yeah, that is a good one still. Yeah, and the fact that Tim Allen was like a major cocaine dealer before he was a famous actor is even I better. did not know that. <laughs> yeah, he like served time in jail because he was like a coke dealer. Did he seriously? I think so. We might have to edit this out if I'm wrong. <laughs> oh no, he did. He went to prison for cocaine. And there's a 1979 mugshot of him with a very large mustache. Uh, we we are gonna put that as like the clip for this episode he's actually pretty hot too i'm i had a feeling he was i when i like when you said the mustache in the 70s so hot yeah it, he had a prison stint for felony drug trafficking so cool hell yeah call then us he then he became santa claus C call us get <laughs> us up <laughs> All right. I think that's all the... I feel like there's one more Christmas movie I'm forgetting that I really love that's more kid-like. But I can't think of it. I do love all the creepy little old ones from back in the day, the little claymation ones. Oh, yeah. I love, they're just With, so like, weird. The old abominable snowman. Yes. Yes. So and then, good. And then there's like that one that's not even Christmas related, but it's like 
the dude, like the sun guy and the frozen guy are fighting. And then there's like father time. Dude, I don't know. Those are really fun to watch, sober or high. Just mm-hmm. putting it out there. Ooh. I've mentioned drugs like five times in this episode. <laughs> That's how you know it's going to be good. The ho, ho, ho drug episode. <laughs> Me and Tim Allen, bro. Just like, <laughs> just riding. Uh, uh well, speaking of Christmas, which we have been doing for the last 16 minutes, I, uh, I, this episode, I was Googling around to see if I could find a Christmas appropriate woman. And one of the terms that I Googled literally was uh, Christmas woman, just to see if something would pop up. Because, you know, like, there, Christmas man is Santa Claus. Like, there's mm-hmm. a dude, even though he's not real, but, like, there's a dude that personifies Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Mrs. Claus, eh, you don't know anything about her. You know what I mean? Like, she's just there. She makes cookies. She lets them hit it, presumably. (laughs) And that's it. Uh, So when I Googled Christmas woman, one of the first things that popped up was a news article from two or three days ago from somewhere in Louisiana that a... A fantasy fiction writer who lives in Louisiana had put, you know how you can get those like blow up decorations outside your front, like blow the up dragons? Closes? The fucking dragon. I saw this so and I wanted to send it to you. So this woman in Louisiana put these two blow, I think it started with two blow up dragons in her front yard and she put Santa hats on them. But because this is the deep south and it's religious as hell, somebody left an anonymous note on her door basically saying like, this is not appropriate. I hope that you find God and that you find the true meaning of Christmas or something like that. I didn't bring up the news article because my browser is a little messed up. But uh, and the woman responded by putting two additional blow up dragons in her front yard and Santa hats. And apparently it is now like trending on Twitter and social media. Uh, And she added halos to their heads. I lost it when I read that. I was like, that is, if that is not the most Louisiana fucking thing I've ever read in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, in the note, too, they also insinuated that even around Halloween time, they hated those dragons. But now that it's Christmas, they really fucking hate them. And now that it's Christmas, they're allowed to say that they hate them. Yeah, that's basically what the note said. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's so Louisiana because, one, it's religious, but also, two, it's so passive aggressive. Like, leaving an anonymous note, that's such a Southern thing to do. Yeah. I would just knock on their door and be like hey bitch get rid of your dragons no you would have <laughs> showed up with a knife and cut, cut them into pieces and all the air would have flown out that is 100 percent true i don't know why i lied like <laughs> just cut out the middleman take care of the problem yourself <laughs> you would have lurked over there <coughs> on your bike at like 3 a.m drunk and like slayed the dragons and i would have stolen the santa hats for sure and then tim allen and i would have rode off into the sunset with a bag of drugs and <laughs> that would have been it. Oh, that's a great that's um, a great uh, fairy tale the other thing that is not christmas related that i wanted to mention before the wine review was the passing this week of someone that i personally consider a feminist icon that a lot of people don't know by name but they know the work she's done and i may cover her in a future episode Her name was Penny Marshall. She passed away on Tuesday, December 17th this week. 
she was an actress and a director and a film producer. And the movie that I most know and love her for is for directing A League of Their Own. Aww. Which I thought of you, too, because you had just covered Lauren Chamberlain and you just finished your softball league. So she sadly passed away. She was like in her 70s or something like that this week. And I wanted to give a shout out and a rest in peace, baby girl, to Penny Marshall, because A League of Their Own is one of my all-time favorite movies and is a fucking feminist tour de force. And I don't even think it was trying to be. And that's why I love it so much. R.I.P. Baby Cakes. R.I.P. Penny Marshall. Yes. I will probably cover her in a future episode. But I had to get that. I had to give a shout out this week in, in remembrance. And drink some wine for you, girl. Bottoms up. Pour some out. All right. Do you want to tell the kids at home? Why don't you tell the kids at home what you texted me today and then tell them what you're drinking? <laughs> well... I told CJ earlier today that I wouldn't be drinking on the podcast because I've been sick for the past like three days and yesterday I sneezed about 1200 times in a row to the point that the entire office voted me to leave <laughs> like it wasn't even like I'm sick can I go home it was like get the fuck out of here we're sick of listening to you sneeze and then I thought I wouldn't be able to even record today because it was like uncontrollable but now today I just have mild asthma and random coughings, so I apologize if you had to listen to that. But anyway, I wasn't going to drink, and then I got home, and I was like, duh, I'm going to drink. So I'm having wine, but I'm not going to review it because it's literally what I drank yesterday, I mean last week, which means that yes, it's been sitting in my refrigerator for an entire week, and it's probably gone bad, and I'm still going to drink the rest of it. Does wine go bad? Yeah, you're supposed to, it only has a shelf life of up to six days after you've opened it. Oh, you're, like, on the edge. I think you're going to make it. Well, yeah. You're like, and seven I, days. And I had half the bottle left, and I loved that freaking Outer Sounds New Zealand wine. And I didn't finish it last week, so I'm going to kill it off today. I'm very surprised you didn't finish it. I know. I think you really liked it. But also, if it was, if we were recording on, like, the middle of the day Sunday, it would have been crushed. For sure. But for now sure. that we record on Wednesdays and I have to fucking deal with life the next day, not so good at crushing wine. I hear you. I, well, I've only had one drinking episode since we switched days and I totally crushed that entire $20 bottle. Um, I'm drinking a wine today that, you know, when you like buy a wine or you like take a guy home or whatever it is you do. And as you're doing it, you're like, I know this is going to be disappointing, and yet I can't stop myself. That's kind of what this wine is. So, like, there's something about it. It was $15. It's a Sauvignon Blanc from South Africa that's called Southern Right, like R-I-G-H-T. And it has, like, a giant fat whale on it. So I was like, oh, this is my spirit wine, because that's also what I look like and feel like right now. So, and whales are also just super majestic. So I bought it, and I was like, it's 15 bucks. It's mid-shelf. It should be okay. But there's just, I don't know. There's something about it that just had made me feel like it wasn't going to be that great, and it's not that great. It's not bad, but I probably won't drink the whole bottle, which is maybe a good thing. So, so Sounds like you had a premonition. I did. But I, I, like, I had to get it just for the label because it's just got a little fucking whale on oh, it. Oh, a little really whale, cute. man. I know. 
and I, I don't think I'd ever seen it before, so I wanted to try something new. So it's like, it's okay. I don't think it's a bad wine. I just don't think it's to my flavor profile necessarily. Like I'd want something a little bit crisper. Yeah. Um, and maybe a little bit more dry. So it just doesn't do it for me personally. But what, what wine did you say it was again? It's a Sauvignon Blanc. So- 2017 and like okay so it says it's from south africa and that it's imported by vineyard brands birmingham alabama so i'm like so it's from alabama basically (laughs) (laughs) alabama had the grapes shipped over from africa (laughs) that's what they meant all right that's my wine review cool cool should we get in yeah Okay, so <laughs> Melissa might be pissed at me for this choice. Or Why? Because you're stealing somebody from me? I know. Because you're a Virgo, and you'll see what I mean. So uh, I wanted to do something like fun for the Christmas episode. And as I told you guys, I was Googling Christmas Woman, which did not yield very great results. I even literally looked up Mrs. Claus because I was like, well, it doesn't have to be. I could do like a one-time fake woman, like how you did Lilith. Like Lilith was a myth, basically. Lilith, yeah, wasn't real. You know, so I was like, okay, like for just for the Christmas episode, but there's nothing exciting about Mrs. Claus online. And then I kind of fell down this hole Googling Christmas stuff and all these movies popped up and one of my other favorite Christmas movies that I didn't mention at the beginning was a Muppets Christmas Carol. And then I decided that because I wanted to do something fun and fanciful for this episode, I was going to cover a not totally real woman, but a feminist icon nonetheless, Miss Piggy. (laughs) I was just waiting for those words to come out of your mouth. I was like, I texted Melissa earlier. I was like, you're either going to fucking love my woman or you're going to hate her. So I can can fuck with Miss Piggy. All right. I know know I'm breaking the rules, Virgo. I know I'm bending the rules. I have a very special place in my heart for Miss Piggy. Right. My favorite bath toys when I was at my grandmother's house, which came from a McDonald's Happy Meal she had bought me. And I kept it at her house for years was a Miss Piggy that floated in a raft and she had this big feathery purple dress on that when it was in the water and the water touched it, it turned hot pink. (gasps) Yes! And I loved that bath toy. And every time I went to my grandma's house, I was like, Miss Piggy, Miss Piggy, Miss Piggy. And she'd always pull it out for me. And that's a great, very fond memory that I have. There you go. Proceed with Piggy. Icon. Icon. For anybody listening who, for some tragic reason, is not aware of who Miss Piggy is, <laughs> she is possibly the most famous star from Jim Henson's The Muppets. And as Melissa just told you, it has sparked such a sensation that toys are made in her image and she's basically a god. Miss Piggy is known for her volatile personality, her propensity for speaking French and referring to herself as She's also known for karate chopping her frog boyfriend, Kermit. (laughs) And her on-again, off-again relationship with the fuckboy of the universe, said Kermit the Frog. (laughs) Literally the fuckboy of all time. The child star fuckboy. Yeah. Yeah. He is 
Yeah. He he's teaching he's teaching those male toddlers what it's all about. <laughs> you know how to fuck boy kid? Let me teach you. <laughs> okay, so according to I guess I should give a shout out at the front of the episode. I'm not gonna mention these people again because this is about Miss Piggy. <laughs> Miss Piggy has been voiced by Frank Oz and Eric Jacobson, which is ironic that it's both men mm-hmm. um and that's it that's all you get I'm not talking about you guys anymore because <laughs> miss piggy is real and she's more than just your voice <laughs> but according to an article from the new york times in 1979 miss piggy has a backstory and here it is miss piggy grew up on a, in a small town in iowa on a farm her father died when she was very young and her mom was a fucking bitch she had no choice but to enter beauty contests to survive as women do uh and this is a quote from the article she has a lot of vulnerability which she has had to hide because of her need to be a superstar and i just think it's important that people know about the backstory of miss piggy because i think people just see her as being like the self-centered diva who abuses her fuckboy of a boyfriend but she's more than that like she has a history she had to fight her way as a pig on the farm to (laughs) international stardom and i think she deserves respect so get with it preach so miss piggy is known for bouncing between her feminine wiles and being one of the most seductive women in the world and flying into karate fueled rages against anybody who doesn't think she's beautiful her first known appearance was on a TV special called Herb Alpert and the TJB in 1976. I don't know what the TJB is. Uh, she was also in a 1975... No, I think it was 1974. Sorry, guys. She was in a Muppets pilot called Sex and Violence. The Muppets show had an original TV pilot called Sex and Violence. What? And when I tried to look up what it was about, it was supposed to be parroting how much sex and violence is used in TV and media to sell stuff. But, like, I don't... I didn't have time to, like, look it up and try to watch clips from it. But there is a Muppet show called Sex and Violence. She was a nameless pig who performed in a skit called Return to Beneath the Planet of the Pigs, which sounds like a porno. So I don't know what was going on in the 70s. Probably everybody was on coke because Tim Allen was just like selling his shit left and right. And that's what happened. Uh, in the 19, I think it was the late 1970s. I should have wrote that down, written that down. The Muppet Show becomes a regular, like, weekly show. And Miss Piggy starts out as a minor chorus pig, but she ends up evolving into one of the show's most central characters. As I said before, she is, was definitely the most popular Muppet of the 70s and 80s. Probably the most popular Muppet ever. I mean, I guess there's Kermit the Frog, but who is that even? And she even has a book that was on the New York Times bestseller list. Like, like a book about her? Yeah, by her and about her. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just quickly, because I know that Melissa loves a good fuckboy story, get into the relationship between Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog. She's always either like smothering him with love or karate chopping him across the universe. <laughs> In the show, he originally brushed her off, like totally rebuffed her because he obviously was a baby back bitch and he just like was intimidated by her power and her beauty. 
But apparently in the films, he starts to return her feelings. And he even supposedly accidentally marries her in the Muppets Take Manhattan movie. <laughs> accidentally. I don't know all the details, but it supposedly was accidental. But what it comes down to is basically like Miss Piggy is a bad bitch and she knows it. And this fuckboy is trying to give her the runaround and be like, oh, like I'm hard to get. Like, you don't like you can't get with this. Like, I'm just like skinny and small and artsy. And she was like, no, you're going to be mine. And she got that frog dick. Uh <laughs> Apparently, they split in 1990, and it was, like, announced to the press. Uh, But I guess they got back together, because in 2015, they split again. And this was legit, guys, like, in international press. Like, there were columns about it in the Washington Post. Like, this was a big deal. Like, they were, before Brangelina, they were Kermit and Piggy, you know? So, it's probably for the best that they split up. As far as we know, they haven't been together. They've been split now for about four years. She's getting all of her life. We don't even know what happened to him. And, like, who cares? Uh, She was kind of abusive to him, though, so that's kind of unfortunate. But we're just going to pretend that didn't happen. So let's talk about her legacy as a feminist icon. In 2015, this is true, Miss Piggy receives a Sackler Center First Award from the Elizabeth A. Sackler Center for Feminist Arts at the Brooklyn Museum, honoring her as a feminist icon. This is why Miss Piggy is a feminist icon. Like, seriously, think about this, though. Okay, so she's like a pig, which people say is fat and ugly, but she absolutely 100% believes that she's a fucking mega babe. If people disagree with that, she just, like, basically fights them until they submit. She knows what she wants. She goes after it with an entitlement that we don't usually see in women, especially women pigs. She has obviously like the most beta male of all time as her partner. And she's obviously like running the show and is the alpha in that relationship. And she has a fucking empire. Like she was Beyonce before Beyonce, you know, like New York Times bestsellers. Like she inspired an entire generation of divas and in fact has been quoted in the press as saying it's very true moi has been a role model for a generation of little starlets all those little starlets that are running around town yes they've all modeled themselves after moi starlets or piglets both (laughs) depends on who we're talking about And here's a quote from Time Magazine published after Miss Piggy was honored by the Elizabeth Sackler Center for being a feminist icon. This was published by Miss Piggy in Time. I believe that any woman who refuses to accept society's preconceived notions of who or what they can be is a feminist. I believe any woman who is willing to struggle, strive, and if necessary, learn karate to make their mark in the world as a feminist. And yes, I believe that any woman who cares about her appearance, her star billing, and most especially her percentage of the gross is a feminist. And that is Miss Motherfucking Piggy all the way out of Iowa holding it down as one of the great fucking feminist icons of our time. Um, is she a vegetarian? That is a great question. I think she's eating frog. <laughs> At minimum. Let's discuss. Well, should we discuss should we discuss Kermit? Do you have anything to say? I know you love the fuckboy the fuckboys. Um no, I don't really have much to say about Kermit. 
other than the fact i feel like he literally looks like every boyfriend i've ever had um mean (laughs) please explain (laughs) further you know just like slender tall green green eye eyeballs on top of his head like i'm always like that the, that thick you know meaty piglet who's like paired up with like the gangly frog that's you just do, like huh you do date a lot of thin guys yeah it's just like that's the visual of my dating past interesting do you not like the do you not like the little thick gums oh no i've dated fat guys too it's just like you just end up with the kermits i think that i like i end up in relationships with kermits got it yeah but she's banging it out on the one nights with the thickums (laughs) (laughs) now y'all now y'all thickums now (laughs) oh my god um yeah i don't know you know who kermit reminds me of in like cartoon version hmm Justin Timberlake. Oh my god. Now I just am filled with so much hatred for Kermit. He also, like... Yeah. Why? Like, literally, you just, like, physically you see him that way? Or? I just, like, if, if Justin Timberlake were to be a cartoon character, like I feel like it would be Kermit. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You know? Who else? What? A, like, was there another hot Sesame Street character? Like, she had to have been cheating on Kermit with somebody bigger what, and better. What was... Uh, what was... The, f- fa- the fuzzy fa- bear. Yeah, f- what was his name? I don't know, but I feel like she had to have been banging it out with that fuzzy bear. 100%. I feel like you would have been, too, if you were a Muppet. Because he looks like someone who would be at a Deadhead show. Right? <laughs> oh, what? Fuzzy? Fuzzy the fuzzy, bear! Fuzzy the bear. I call it Wazzy. Fuzzy the bear. Yeah, 100%. Or she was with Animal fucking drummer oh yeah yeah dude that she was for sure getting it from that guy yeah so like you know i you know fuck kermit like kermit was just there to like give her a baby one day but Mm -hmm. like she was really like you know getting dirty freaking in the sheets with all these like backup band guys i feel like kermit was a like trophy for her like she was like oh everyone's called me a pig my whole life because i'm a pig wearing a wig but like i also can get the fly green skinny men and don't let anybody tell you different yep and he yeah. he was about that life you know oh, he, he was, was just, he was just playing hard to get you he know was I mean? backing it up on that booty oh yeah he was yeah <laughs> he wanted it a very particular way <laughs> and she gave it to him um what's what do you think her zodiac sign is well so i have what i think her sign is i also have a date that i'm choosing to use as her birth date because it was the date of her first television appearance so it was her introduction to the world but setting that aside i personally it's hard it would be a toss-up between leo and gemini Leo because duh and Gemini because she's like two different people in one body. I was gonna say Leo, Gemini, or Libra. Okay. So her first television appearance was October 13th, which would make her a Libra. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, but I can see that too. She's all about she's the, she's a Beyonce, you know what I mean? She's all about them looks. But Beyonce is a Virgo. She is a Virgo, which makes 
Actually, that does make like she's a hard worker, right? I don't know. I don't fucking know. And she fabulous. Yeah, of course. Sorry. Yes, of course. <laughs> Melissa's like a duh. Of course, um, Jesus is a Virgo. <laughs> uh, I loved Piggy. That was a great. That was a great, great, great. Um, that was a great. That was a great Piggy summary. Okay, so I we're gonna take a total one eighty. All I have to say is, thank God you didn't do Miss Piggy last year. Paired off with my Holocaust story, <laughs> that would have been Sorry. a real black and white episode. Okay, so I am covering um, somebody that was a submission to the Mimosa Sisterhood. We are covering. A woman who probably nobody in the United States knows of and her name is Viola Desmond and she was a Canadian black Nova Scotia businesswoman who challenged racial segregation at a movie theater in New Glasgow Nova Scotia in 1946 that sounds awesome where is Nova Scotia in Canada is that like it's like kind of a but to the right to the right i think <laughs> yeah, it's okay. like the sec like this like what would be closer to like the like michigan and new york side like the east coast okay okay for sure so i'm covering her because she has recently become very relevant in the last month so she had kind of a comeback in 2018 even though her story took place in like 1946 and that's kind of the exciting part about her in general so that's why we're talking about her today and we've never covered anybody from canada so i figured hey why the fuck not viola was born in 1914 and was one of 10 children her parents were super active in the black community in halifax nova scotia where they were from despite the fact that her mother was white and her father was black which was already really unusual at that time um growing up viola had noticed the absence of professional hair and skincare products for black women hint hint Hmm. and decided that she wanted to make a change who does this remind you of madam cj walker for those that are confused uh cj covered madam cj walker about two episodes ago Mm -hmm. um so viola was not allowed to train to become a beautician in halifax where she lived so she left and received her beautician training in Montreal, Atlantic City, and at one of Madam C.J. Walker's <gasps> beauty schools in New York. Well, I shit. I love it. Oh my god, are we on shrooms right now? It just like came full circle. That's well, so also, cool. I didn't know that about her until I dove into the research. Shut up had no idea i love it how cool is that i love it so fucking cool that our two women that live in different countries cross paths in our episode thanks for the wreck fuck boy (laughs) (laughs) okay so 
Upon finishing her training, Viola returned to Halifax to start her own hair salon, as well as her own line of beauty products that she called V's Beauty Products, which she marketed and sold herself. And she also opened the Desmond School of Beauty Culture, which was like a training school so that black women would not have to travel so far to receive the proper training. Because she had had to travel, like, out of the country to get proper training at Madam C.J. Walker's school. So she started her own in Canada. Um, Her school operated using a vertical integration framework, is what it was called. And it basically meant that students were provided with the skills required to open their own businesses, as long as they provided jobs for other Black women within the communities. (gasps) Yes! And each year, as many as 15 women graduated from her school, all of whom had been denied admission to white-only training schools. I love this. I know. She's killing the fucking game. In fucking Canada. So, uh, here's when shit went down. (laughs) On November 8th, 1946, while she was on a bus trip to Sydney to sell her beauty products, um, Viola's car broke down in New Glasgow. Glasgow. (laughs) I added an extra L. like i know she's not that drunk (laughs) um she was told that she would have to wait a day before the parts to fix the car became available so to pass time while she was waiting she went to go see a movie at what was called the roseland film theater which was nearby like the car place so there was no formal laws that enforced segregation in movie theaters in new glasgow and the theater that she went to did not have any signs that told their patrons about any type of policy but it was like an unwritten rule that the main floor seatings were reserved for white people only apparently you were just supposed to know that but like keep in mind that like she's not even from this town she was just passing through to try to like get to an airport to go to australia so like she the car broke down here she was oh i have like a day to kill i'm gonna go see a movie so when she went to the ticket booth she was sold a ticket to the balcony area of the theater unaware that segregation was even a thing and she was also nearsighted and so like when she went into the theater she went to go sit in the floor section because she wanted to be close to the screen not thinking anything about it immediately she was almost asked to move and when she realized what was happening she refused to move because she was like no like i have a better view of the screen from here like i paid my ticket to get in what the fuck doesn't matter you know mm-hmm. so she was forcibly removed from the theater and during that removal she like had an injury occur to her hip which was like problem number one they had to have been like that violent to like have injured her hip and then she was arrested and went to jail for 12 hours and they made her pay a 20 dollar fine on what charge like why did they arrest her the charge being that the tax on the balcony price seats was 20 cents no i'm sorry the tax on the balcony price seats that cost 20 cents were two cents 
So a $20 or 20 cent ticket had a two cent tax for the balcony seats that she paid for. But she went down to the floor area, which cost 40 cents, and that was a three cent tax. So she was convicted of depriving the government of a one cent in tax. Wow. She paid two cents in tax instead of the three cents that it cost for the floor seats. Wow. So she was kept in jail overnight and she was never informed about her legal right to get advice of a lawyer or to even like do bail. So they just kept her there. When she got released, she went back home and she told her husband, like, holy shit, you won't believe what just fucking happened to me. And he basically was like, oh, like, just let it go. Like, that's some drama, like, whatever. So then she was like, nah, dude, it's not drama. Mm-mm. And so she went to seek advice from her, like, her community, which were these leaders of the Cornwallis Street Baptist Church. And the minister there, William Pearly Oliver, and his wife, ironically named Perline, encouraged her to take action. <laughs> like, what are the chances? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I've never in my entire life met someone named Pearly or Perline. <laughs> and what are the chances that they existed and they lived close enough that they could find each other and they were both, I'm assuming, black Canadians? <laughs> Dude, same God, thoughts. God, God, dude, God is real. God is good. Like, <laughs> same thoughts that I'm having. <laughs> oh my God, I got hung up on that for like two minutes when I was reading it. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> also, Perlene is a dope name. It's kind of fucking cool. lit. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dying. Okay. 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 So Pearl and Pearlene encouraged her to take action. And with their support, she decided to fight the charge in court. So Viola hired a lawyer whose name was Frederick William Bisset. And he represented her in the criminal trials. And he attempted unsuccessfully to file a lawsuit against the Roseland Theater being that he tried to appeal the decision on the basis of her being wrongly accused of of tax evasion not on the basis of racial discrimination which really is what was happening in that scenario right and so after this long drawn out trial the judge dismissed the case like she was like because you can't like technically if you're gonna get down to the nitty-gritty of these white laws sure i guess she did tax evasion but if you approach this criminal charge of like she is being discriminated against due to her race maybe maybe he could have won won the trial like i don't know and also who knows about the prejudices of the judge too exactly um and like in canada there wasn't like actual segregation laws like there like there were in the united states mm-hmm. like this the, her story has been uh related to rosa parks because they almost have a very very similar story mm-hmm. but the biggest difference is that rosa parks was intentionally breaking a law right to fight for justice because we had that law in the united states right in canada there was no law so about about racial segregation right so like she really wasn't like you know trying to like you know go against the racial bias she was just like 
what the fuck? Like, I want to sit in the front to see this movie. Like, what the hell? So anyway, he he lost the trial. And she ended up, you know, losing and being told that she had done tax evasion. So it was a big loss, and it really sucked. Um, But Viola's lawyer decided to, you know, not bill Viola for her services, or for his services as lawyer. And he ended up using the money that he would have charged her to support Mr. Pearl and his new establishment that he had created due to this trial that was called the Nova Scotia Association for the Advancement of Colored People. So he put that money directly into that new fund that those ba- that Baptist Pearly couple created. Sweet. Um, after the trial, Viola ended up closing her business and she moved to Montreal where she could enroll in a business college. And then she eventually settled in New York and she ended up dying there um, from gastrointestinal hemorrhage. Oh my uh, God. Really gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> on February 7th, 1965. And Let's, she was only 50 years old. Let's edit that out. Jesus. <laughs> Oh God. I really thought about not saying that, but then I was like, if I just say she died, you're going to ask how, and then no, I'm going to have to tell yeah. you anyway. So she died at 50, which is way, 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 way too so, young. Yeah. Um, and she's buried in Camp Hill Cemetery in Halifax, Nova Scotia. But here's where things get really interesting. So that was in 1965. On April 14th in 2010, the lieutenant governor of Nova Scotia, which is a woman named Mayan Francis, invoked the royal prerogative and granted Viola a free pardon, which was the first to be granted in Canada. The free pardon differs from a simple pardon and that it's based on innocence and it recognizes that a conviction was an error. And Maya Francis, herself being a Black Canadian, was quoted to say, Here I am, 64 years later, a Black woman giving freedom to another Black woman. Mm. About signing, like, her pardon. Mm-hmm. So... In addition to that, the entire government of Nova Scotia apologized for what happened to Viola back in the Dizzle. And Viola's younger sister, whose name was Wanda Robson, she worked with the government of Nova Scotia to ensure that Viola's name was cleared. And there was a public acknowledgement of the injustice and Nova Scotia reaffirmed its commitment to human rights. The principal government declared the first Nova Scotia Heritage Day in her honor in February 2015, and Viola's portrait hangs in Government House in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And lastly, what just occurred last month, and why we're covering her and why I was told about her, is because in November 2018... A $10 bill commemorating Viola Desmond officially entered circulation, making her the first Canadian woman to ever be celebrated on the face of her own country's currency. The only other being Queen Elizabeth, who's not Canadian-born. Booyah! I mean, we don't even have women on our currency, not counting that one Sacagawea print. God bless her right isn't that nuts how much like isn't that crazy that they came back all these years later and were like oh, i was we gonna ask up. like do you know what like why that happened they suddenly were like oh sorry we suck no hmm 
Interesting. No clue. She just like randomly had this renaissance. Yeah. And like so many years after her death, I think that like, well, as I had mentioned, her sister played a heavy role in like working with people to get the government to find out that they were pieces of shit. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if she was the one that was like the major, I mean, how much power could she have, you know? Right. But I did read that she was like linked up with some other like professors and historians to like help her push what they probably like or wrote a paper for her or something mm-hmm. and like sent it somewhere and was like read this and like appeal this it, pretty cool story that's yeah. viola desmond sweet 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 viola like it and first, isn't that nuts? canadian isn't that nuts that she went to madame cj's love school that. yeah no that's awesome that how is so fucking rad. crazy is that yeah i love that they also both were like trying to help other black women like that with both yeah. of them like the whatever that model you talked about i forget what it was called where you had to like help other uh, like support other people oh that was her school yeah but like you said there was a certain model like there was that like oh it term. was called vertical integration yes. framework yes that like yeah even just that piece uh, yeah that's so dope i know i don't know her sign it i wouldn't know it either and it's because like this is really her story we don't really get to know anything about yeah who she was what her talents like it this is literally her story that you find when you research her my gut just like based on the story is taurus no she's a water sign she cancer yeah okay I don't know why though. For some reason, that was going to be my next guess. I don't really? know why. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of overlap in Taurus and Cancer. Um. Hmm. I my guess was Taurus because the idea of like I'm not going to fucking move. You know that is so Taurus. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> like that is absolutely Taurus. You're going to fucking pull my bull body out of this pasture. <laughs> so yeah okay okay cancer yeah i don't really have a good one for cancer i don't know okay but that's what she was her birthday was july 6th did she have kids like i don't know i don't think she did yeah it didn't come up no it didn't come up at all but she was one of 10 kids fuck no how how again how how just the thought that anybody could even like imagine like how much time of your life you were pregnant exactly like exactly because it's like almost a full year to just have one baby like Mm -hmm. how many years was this woman pregnant like i mean obviously 10 but like were they back to back like was she pregnant on stop like what the fuck well and then when you have that many kids like you can't you know women can only have babies for x amount of years of our lives you know like they can't be that far spaced you know at least like five of those motherfuckers just rolled out one after the other (laughs) they just climbed out on their own (laughs) oh my god that's so gnarly that is so nuts i don't know i also just i can't even change a diaper so just aside from the pregnancy piece the idea that you would have 10 human beings to take care of at once insane yeah although i guess you could just like train each one to take care of the other one yeah 
that's which is like probably i think that's what they do yeah and then like a few of them dying somehow yeah always and so Mm -hmm. then you're like down to five and this always comes up at some point in these episodes especially for these older women and it's just like she was one of nine you're like what the fuck like how and it was like the 40s so actually 14 1914 you know a gang of those kids died my my, (laughs) whole damn gang my mom was one of seven which i feel like was even a lot for her generation which was like so she came of age in like the 60s 70s that's still that was kind of a lot back then seven yeah Yeah. thank you and all of them survived childhood oh god i know (laughs) oh god so many people to wish happy birthday to every year (laughs) all right what was her last name desmond desmond viola desmond yeah i love it and i I love that she had a tie into cj walker that's awesome i know so cool sweet well thanks so, yeah, fuck that's boy. thanks nova scotia i wonder if we have fans in nova scotia uh i have seen some canadian listeners on our uh stats before hey guys if hey you're guys. still around do canadians are... have wine i guess it's too cold i have no idea like i've never had a canadian wine you know i have never had one either i think that I think that they're more about like whiskey and beer. I was gonna say I've had Crown Royale. Plenty I do of know times. that the alcohol is extremely expensive there. Really? Yeah, like a six pack of like Bud Light here, which is what maybe eight dollars. Yeah. I don't even know. It'd be like forty bucks in Canada. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine paying forty bucks for a Bud Light? <laughs> but I also heard that they're at least on their beer that it's higher alcohol content. Oh, I don't know that. Like, significantly so. Or at least it was... I think it still is, yeah. American beer is supposed to be, like, the most watered-down beer on planet Earth. Well, yeah, it tastes like watered-down beer. Yeah, yeah. But then you go... I remember when I was 17, I went to Ireland, and I went to the Guinness warehouse. Like, pure Irish Guinness. It's just bread. It's just basically a loaf of bread in a cup. (laughs) It's, like, not... It's too... Yeah, it's not even enjoyable. I mean, Guinness is gross anyway. Like, but it's not even enjoyable. You're just like, oh god. <laughs> you need like a colander so to 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 filter it out. Well, Merry fucking Christmas! Hell yeah, Merry fucking Christmas and a happy, happy New Year. Year! Yeah, Happy New Year, guys. We won't we won't see you until 2019. That's true. We aren't gonna. So this episode's gonna go up on December 24th. We're taking that week off via Miami and Joshua Tree trip, mm-hmm. and we won't record until the day after the new year, which you will not get until, I believe, the 7th. So, we will see you on January 7th. Try not to party too hard on New Year's Eve, y'all. Stay yes. safe. Yes. And, like, please make your New Year's resolution um, promoting our podcast better yes that would be great if you yeah. guys could do that that'd be really good because like it's been pretty weak for 2018 <laughs> and on that uplifting note this is our last podcast of the year how weird i feel like you we should have to say something i can't deep. believe we didn't have champagne for this should i well like i feel like we should say something about the podcast i feel like it has to be deep suddenly now oh, everything God. has meaning okay are, who, are you gonna go first sure I don't know it's been really fun we have been doing this now for almost a year because we didn't launch until several months of prep so even though we launched in june we've actually been doing this for almost 12 months 
which feels nuts. See, our very first episode we recorded on Sunday, February 4th, 2018. But do know that we started the prepping, the preparing, the research, all of the operations, logistics of this podcast long before then. Yeah. So it's yeah. we're we're probably at our like one year anniversary. How did okay? How did this happen? Because I feel like we had talked about this a, forever, and then one day you were just like ready for a podcast. Did something happen that made you ready for a podcast? Uh, Do you remember? Honestly, no. I think that I think that my 2017 year was so fucking terrible mm. that I think I needed to focus on something for the next year. Yeah. Like I think that like my plan for 2018 was to just focus on something, like have a hobby, have a goal, and I think those were do, like launching something creative, whatever that ended up being, and then going on my trip to Bali. Like, those were, like, my only two goals for 2018. And so I don't know when or why or how I was, like, we're doing this. But literally, like, the minute I said it, it was just, like, on. So how was how was 2018 for you? It was good. Was it? I don't have really any complaints. What is the highlight of the year? Probably going to Bali. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I damn. mean... You know what? Honestly, the highlight of my 2018, literally, this is going to sound so, like, strange, is probably, like, going to therapy. That was the greatest fucking gift I have ever given myself. Mm -hmm. Like, an absolute gift wrapped in shiny, beautiful paper with a bow like everything positive has come for me this year because of that choice that I made for myself Mm -hmm. and like I couldn't be more grateful and thankful and like proud of me for even making that move so literally this whole year the greatest gift I've ever gotten was therapy and I never want to stop doing it ever again ever for the rest of my life but after that definitely hopping on a plane and showing up 14 hours later high off xanax in south korea that was interesting um (laughs) like that was a close second to therapy (laughs) i just remember when i got off that plane and i was walking through the fucking airport and everything was in a different language and there was all this weird quirky shit in the airport like weird shit i couldn't even explain to you i was just looking around like what in the fuck like who decorated this airport and i got this like insane euphoria high and i was alone and i was looking around and it was literally like seven in the morning but it was 4 p.m in my brain and i sat down and i ate got a gigantic beer and i crushed a korean breakfast and i was alone and i was like i am there's nowhere else on earth that i would need to be right now yeah. And it was like the adventure has started. Yeah. That's it was awesome. pretty sick. Cool. It was the greatest thing ever. What about you? I think uh, that's hard. This was a weird year. It was a super eventful. This was one of those years where there was a lot of growth, which was like both good and challenging. My big one is hiking the Grand Canyon because yeah. I that had been a goal of mine for seven fucking years and it was hard. Like, the bike ride was probably harder, and I would call that a highlight if it didn't suck so hard. 
like it yeah. was it was cool that it's a highlight that I did it but doing it was not a highlight you know what I yeah. mean um but that yeah the Grand Canyon it was so beautiful seeing the Colorado River knowing that I was seeing something that most people never in their lives get to see was really special and just like spiritual and deep and so that was a big one I think also moving into my own place for the first time in my life was a huge fucking deal like Isn't a the greatest no, like a no going back kind of thing. oh no you can never go back after you live alone I think just having grown up in a crazy house as a kid I forget how little of like my own space I had and like how I think like I had to go to friends houses or like hide in my room to kind of like feel happy and in my own happy space and having like for the first time in my life which like I've lived in houses that were great and happy and I've had great roommates or whatever but there's just something so special about like having your own space that is all yours you I could stay up till like four in the morning playing music if I want you know like you could just do anything you want at any fucking time and that is I like I can't believe it took me this long to get that it's so freeing it's such a nice feeling it's such it's so nice like I uh, I just could go on so that was also even though it sounds really small it was a huge fucking deal for me this year having my own place for the first time ever in my fucking life what's your intention for 2019 Oh, God. Um, Well, my intention for the end of 2018, because I think that will fall into 2019, is to us for, like, not only be drunk at PodCon, but also be sober enough to, like, make connections, network with people, get fucking, like, phone numbers, emails. Like, we need to, like, work our fucking shit at PodCon because Mm. I am really, really hoping that that experience and, like, the people we meet, the conferences we attend, the knowledge that we soak up will, like, really give us the building blocks to, like, boost this motherfucking shit next year in 2019. I'm also just, like, like excited for us we haven't even been in the same room since we started this podcast the last time i saw you was before we even started this podcast i know so just like that not only our opportunity to record but also just to see each other face to face and talk about shit like even just that i'm so stoked (laughs) about yeah i'm just super excited to just to see you basically to see my like co-creator for the first time in a year it's like we've been having this long distance creative relationship and we finally get to creatively bang it out face to face we're gonna record in the same room i love that your intent i love that your intention for 2019 is about our podcast i love that oh fuck yeah i don't have anything else i need to accomplish next year that's your end goal yeah my intention for 2019 is pretty much creative it's just basically me going as balls to the wall as i can with creative stuff which podcast number one also writing i think i want to start really like my ther. i also am in therapy my therapist a couple weeks ago she was like you should start a blog and you should write about all this shit that you tell me which maybe was her way of trying to dump me she's like just start a blog like just No, I'm kidding. She's fucking great. But she was like, yeah, you should start a blog and write about stuff. Like, you like to write. That's, like, your homework. I was like, oh, yeah, like, I should. So I think I'm going to do that. 2019, for me, I'm hoping is just going to be very creatively focused. Nice. And 
both in terms of projects and people. Like I really want to attract creative people into my life in 2019, you know, like surround myself. I feel like being surrounded by other creative people helps you be more creative. And I really want to start manifesting that. So hell yeah. Yep. That's that. Hells yeah. So yeah, guys, uh, you know, spread the word, subscribe, all that shit all that shit you can't be on episode 19 and not have already subscribed like nobody's casually dropping into episode 19 i don't think (laughs) i don't think dude i don't know what these fuckers do (laughs) all right well happy new year merry christmas happy hanukkah if that's how you say it and don't they also say like happy what is that term that they're using about not referencing holidays non-denominational oh fuck off like come on happy day okay (laughs) have a happy day have a happy day guys oh my god um until then i guess we'll see you in 2019 (laughs) also what i ordered us business cards even though you told me not to like just now (laughs) (laughs) no yesterday are they cute you didn't show them to me are they cute they're really cute they already arrived you're such a cunt whatever whatever all right well on that on that on that note (laughs) see you guys in january bye bye oh is that your midnight kiss it was